it's super awesome to see everybody hugging and loving on each other, saying good morning and all that good stuff. We are blessed this morning. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. As you're making your way back to your seats, I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. We'll continue in the worship service this morning. So ushers, if you would come at this time, we'll prepare both our hearts and uh, we'll prepare for the generosity, for we serve a generous God. And as we bring all of the first fruits, all the tithes, offerings, and alms into the house, we ask that the Lord would bless. We thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience to the Lord and to the Word of God. And so will you pray with me this morning? And then uh, we have the special honor this morning of having a baby dedication. So uh, we'll be invited. Yeah, I know it gets pretty fun like that, huh? Come on. So, Father, we love you and give you thanks this morning. What an awesome God you are. And, Lord, this morning, both here and at our Damascus campus, we are praying, God, for just your move in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, at that very soul level, God, may, may we be challenged on all fronts, Lord. May, we, may it be our heart's desire, convert our hearts, God, that our heart's desire would simply be that we want to be more like Jesus. We just want to be more like Jesus. So, Lord, help us to walk in the newness of life that he has supplied and provided for us and that we would walk in all areas of victory. Lord, we ask today that as we bring tithes, offerings, and alms into the storehouse, that, Lord, you would take these gifts, that you would multiply them, that you would bless them, and that, Lord, you would help us to administrate them as we look and seek to further the gospel of Jesus Christ, both in our community right here. Lord, as we expand beyond this immediate community, Lord, we're looking to see those who do not know Jesus to have that clear presentation of the gospel. Help us to reach children. Help us to reach kids. Help us to reach teens. Help us to reach young adults. Help us to reach young marrieds, young families, and folks across the spectrum all the way up until... I think as the Christmas song saying, you know, it's like uh, even children all the way up to 92, Lord. We, we want to just, we want to reach them all for, for Jesus and for the gospel. So God be glorified and will you bless. We ask it all in Jesus' name and everyone said a strong amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We're going to invite Aaron Odie and uh, family members and little Charles to come on up to the platform here. It, this, is, this is some of the funnest part that we get to do when it comes to... Uh, our church gatherings, when we gather together, we, uh, we believe in the dedication of children to the Lord uh, from the very onset of their lives. When they're born, we are believing God for His work in their hearts and in their lives. And uh, we pray for His anointing on family. We pray for His anointing on the church family because we all get this opportunity to have influence. Look at this handsome guy coming up here. Come on. This is so great. sure you can see mama and I'm gonna invite some wives to come on up Miss Kimmy with you come on up here and Jill with you come on up and uh, what do you guys think do you think Charles is looking pretty good this morning he's making this old guy look pretty good <laughs> I think you're looking handsome sir he says I got my security right now <laughs> it's in the form of a big thumb <laughs> he said, How you doing, buddy? good to see you well we believe in dedicating children to the Lord and our heart's passion and our heart's desire is to see children raised in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And mamas and family get the opportunity to be a part of that. And our congregation gets to be a part of that. We all will have influence on this little one. 
And so, Aaron, I'm just going to ask you and your family that's up here. It's just good to see everybody. Um, will you do your best and your heart, just your heart's desire to raise this young man in the fear and admonition of the Lord? Amen. And Yes, you, mamas need help right now. And everybody's going to do their part, right? To, to just seek to live the Christ-like life in front of him. Amen? Amen. And church, will you also, with God's help and his spirit living in us and our willingness to obey the word of God and to submit to him, will you seek to live an example not only in front of this young man, but in, in front of all of the young kids and in front of all our brothers and sisters, will we seek to live the life of Christ in front of each other. Can we get a strong amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite uh, I'm going to invite Pastor Dennis. Why don't you come on over here on the other side of me? And congregation, I'm going to invite you to extend a hand out. And uh, we're just going to pray. We're going to ask God's blessing as we dedicate this young man, Charles, to the Lord and that he would just love and serve the Lord all the days of his life. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this big guy, handsome young man. We are asking in Jesus' name. That you would anoint Aaron, that you would anoint the family, that you would anoint, Lord, this young life. That he would follow you all the days of his life. That, Lord, he would seek to serve you, to give glory to your name. We pray, Father, that he would not seek, Lord, even in his days, he would not seek the uh, applause of man. But rather, he would seek, Lord, the applause of the only God. And so, Lord, will you fill him fresh? Will you fill him with your spirit? Will you, Lord, the giftings that you have woven into him, Lord, while he was in his mother's womb, that secret place. Lord, will you add your anointing to him and may they be magnified in his days. We pray, Lord, that he would be a soul winner from a very early age, God. That he would be filled with your spirit and that he would seek, and uh, Lord, all of his friends, that he would communicate the love of God through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, will you anoint, and will you anoint us, the body of Christ, Lord, to live our lives as examples. And at the earliest age possible, may he commit his life to Jesus to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. And so, God, we dedicate Charles now to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we ask, God, for your work to be made manifest in him. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray. And all God's people said a strong amen. 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 Let's give it up for these guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Love you. Good to see you. Blessings. Come on. Well, I, I, I think I think I get to. I have a leaning tower of Pisa here. I think I have the uh, distinct honor of blaming my two boys for any technical difficulties that we're having because neither one of them are here. <laughs> and so we've discovered a few things between men's breakfast and this morning that uh, we need some duplicate cords and there's a few other things. And so uh, thank you for your uh, just patience with us as we try and navigate without all the technical stuff. So we're going to invite our junior hires to make their way with Jenny and Joel. So if you're a junior hire or you think you are, you can uh, make your way over there. And if uh, you don't fit the mold, they'll send you back. So uh, we're glad that they are serving and loving on kids. It's awesome. I heard great testimony this past week about junior hires coming home and having conversation with mom and dad that was very, very encouraging and challenging. So praise the Lord. 
Well, this morning, guys, we are uh, we are in John chapter five again, and this is part two of what will probably graduate into a five-part series. Now, I know, imagine that, right? So, I uh, this morning we're coming back. The, the title of the message is "Court is in Session," and we're looking at verses. 31 through 47 of John chapter 5. And last week we saw Jesus really as a as his own defense attorney, he's giving defense amidst the Jews, amidst the ruling class, if you will, of the Jews. John, in his, in his gospel, when he refers to the Jews, unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who label them the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the doctors of the law. John simply calls them the Jews. But that is in fact who he's talking to. And this is in many ways an exterior kangaroo court. And it was all brought up because Jesus on his way to the temple area, he stops by this pool area of Bethesda and many, many, many sick people are there. But he zeroes in on one man who has been sick and crippled for 38 years. And he inquires of the man, do you want to be made well? And the man actually made some excuses as to why he can't get into the water and so forth and so on. And Jesus said, arise, pick up your mat and walk. And this guy rose up probably for the first time in 38 years. He rolled up his bed, he picked it up, and he started carrying it and started walking. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees had a cow. Everybody say, moo! Moo! These guys were mad. They were mad because it was the Sabbath. And somebody had healed on the Sabbath, and somebody had instructed this guy to do work on the Sabbath. And they wanted to know who it was, and he's like, well, I don't know. The guy who made me well, he's no longer around. He kind of disappeared into the crowd. And so later, Jesus finds this guy in the temple. Now, I, I just want us to grasp this for a moment. There are three festivals in the Jewish calendar. In fact, their calendar is really dictated by these festivals. And in these festivals, there are the totality of seven feasts. Seven feasts. It is mandatory for every able male to migrate to Jerusalem during the three festivals. So it is very probable that there are a million to 2.5, 3 million more people in Jerusalem, the city, let alone making their way to the temple. Okay, now wrap yourself around this for a minute. Imagine your son or daughter or your brother or sister is somewhere in Disneyland. And you set out to go find them. And you have no cell phones, you have no electronics, you have no GPS, you have nothing but visual sight. And here's the thing, everybody's dressed the same. I just want you to know, when Jesus is looking for someone, 
He zeroes in, the Father, the Spirit, guiding and directing. He laser focuses and goes and finds them. Because God wants to do something in lives. He zeroed in on you. And he found you. And he has ministered to you because of his love for you. And that's what he did with this guy. And when he did that, he finished the deal. He didn't just physically heal the man so that the man would be well for the next 38 years of his life. There was a deeper work that Jesus wanted to do. So he finds him in the temple and he gives him instruction. And he says, look, you've been made well. Go and sin no more. And he gives them that salvation presentation, if you will. An opportunity for the man to make a decision. I'm going to choose to live my life for God and sin no more. Because I don't want my eternal destiny to be worse than the previous 38 years of my life in physical pain. I don't want spiritual separation from God for eternity. And so the man finds out who it was that healed him, and he goes and he tells the Pharisees, hey, this is who it was, it was Jesus. And so now Jesus is under persecution, and so they're questioning about, about all of this, and by what authority, and who, and so forth. And he says, look, so this is the court. He becomes his own defense attorney. And he says, look, I gave my opening statement and if you would remember two weeks ago, we had a message called Truly, Truly. He said, to tell you the truth, this is who I am. To tell you the truth, this is who I am. To tell you the truth, this is who I am. To tell you the truth, this is who I am. That's his opening statement. He says, now I'm going to give witnesses to demonstrate that. And so last week we looked at five witnesses that Jesus called to the witness stand as his own defense attorney, if you will. And the first witness was himself. He says, I testify about myself, but you won't receive it as being valid. Even though he later says his own testimony is, in fact, valid. But then he says, I have another, John the Baptist. You also have enjoyed and accepted his testimony. Now, John the Baptist testified to me. He says, but not only John, John the Baptist, he says, I give you my works. The works that I have done, they testify to me. He's done water into wine. He's uh, healed the man at Bethesda. He's spoken life into the woman who was at the well. And we know her story. I mean, it's a broken life. So many of us can identify with the woman at the well. Maybe we didn't have illicit living beforehand, but there's just brokenness. Raise your hand this morning if there's brokenness in your life. Right? It's pretty much everybody. And if you didn't raise your hand, it's probably because you're sleeping. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like, pastor can't make me raise my hand. <laughs> All right. If you love your wife, raise your hand. Ah, I got you. There you go. Okay, so here's the deal. He's done works. And he fixed broken lives already. He raised a son who was at death's bed from a distance away. And... All of these works, they're pointing. And later, he's going to raise the dead. He says, listen, he said, the works that you've seen that cause you to marvel, he says, listen, the Father's going to do greater works, show me greater works, so that you may marvel. He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. That's, that's about to warp their minds, right? And so, and so these works. And then he references the Father. He says, the Father testifies of me. And then, 
You'd think that would be enough, like the father, right? He testified of Jesus. You'd think that'd be enough for these guys. He says, but here's the clincher. You see, he said in the text, you search the scriptures and believe that you have salvation because of them. He says, but there is one who accuses you. He says, I'm not going to accuse you. There is one who does. His name is Moses, in whom you trust. Moses, in whom you trust. He says, for Moses wrote about me. And if you didn't believe Moses, you'd believe me. And so he was actually saying, not only do you not believe Moses' testimony, but what wrote Moses wrote, the scripture. You don't believe the scripture. And so I called it a five-fold witness, but it really is a six-fold witness. Moses encapsulates two. Moses himself who spoke, and Moses himself who wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, the Scripture, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The, the, the Scripture that Jesus quotes the most out of Deuteronomy, they don't even believe that. And so, then he comes in, and this is what we pick up today, so that fivefold witness, and we come into today, and he shifts gears. He says, I'm done making defense on myself. Because the witnesses that I have brought forth, they're true, they're valid, and it stands. And he takes off that defense attorney hat, and he puts on the prosecuting attorney hat, and he gives 12 indictments on the Jews. 12 indictments. And I believe that we're going to take the next three weeks, and of these 12, we're going to consider three of them. I think it's a worthy endeavor for every one of us to look at the 12 indictments that are made to the Jews because I believe they have relevance to everyone sitting in this room. Because I don't think it was just a Jewish issue. It's not just the Pharisees and the doctors of the law and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin group, it's, it's not just them. It's not just Jewish. It's not the common Jewish person. These are issues of humanity. If you're human today, raise your hand again. <laughs> so this is going to apply to us. It applies to us. And the indictment, there is another side to the indictment. Right? If the indictment comes out as a negative... There is an opportunity on the other side of that coin, right? And so we're going to look at three. Today we're going to focus on one. So I'm going to read the 12 indictments. You can, well, I guess we could read the scripture. Let's just pick up. Let's pick up. Mm, let's read the whole text. Verse 31. Jesus says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. What he means is it's not valid. You won't accept it because... Their law in Deuteronomy 17, Deuteronomy 19 says, let it be established between two or three witnesses. So a single person giving witness would not be considered valid. So Jesus is just saying, I know that you don't accept this as valid, but I'm going to give it to you. I testify and witness of myself. Verse 32, there is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has bore witness to the truth. Go back and read John chapter 1. You'll see where he says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He said, I testify that this is the Son of God. 
That was John's witness. And they liked John, and they enjoyed that light for a season. <laughs> and then when he made declaration that this is the Son of God, they're like, we don't have any more. So when John gets arrested, no one comes to John's rescue. Right? He says, yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you might be saved. That you might be saved. You could underline that in your Bible. That this is God's motivation, this is God's mission, that none should perish, that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that all would be born again, that all would be saved. And they believed John. So if you would just believe John, I'm telling you this, I'm bringing forth this witness because you have accepted him, and it is my heart's desire that you would be saved. What an amazing appeal and what an amazing effort of grace extended by Jesus. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in this light. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to do, to finish, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me, that the Father is the one who has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither... Now this is where the indictment begins. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and yet do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Can you imagine that if we had that on our coins? In Moses, whom we trust. No, it doesn't work. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So, I, I surmised these 12 indictments. If you're a note taker, I'm sorry they're not up on the screen. Uh, I can post my notes later so you can get those on, probably on Facebook or our website. We'll do that. Uh, here are the 12. You have not heard his voice at any time. You have not seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you. You do not believe whom he sent. You don't believe the Father. You think you have eternal life. You search the scriptures for in them you think. You are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You do not have the love of God in you. You do not receive me in my Father's name. But if another comes in his own name, him you will receive. That's significant. We'll talk about that. You, how can you believe who receive honor from others? The applause of man. Man pleasers. Right? We want the approval of man. Right? The scripture says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. Okay? You do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. 
You have one who accuses you, Moses. For Moses wrote of me. But you don't believe Moses. Therefore, how will you believe me? You don't believe the scripture. So, that's pretty heavy. He went from defense to attack. And an attack in simply declaring truth. How many of you have heard the phrase, the truth hurts? Right? And as I read these indictments, I have to understand John was going somewhere. Remember John in his gospel, the whole purpose of his gospel is recorded for us in John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, in verse 31, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing him you may have life. He said many things Jesus did in front of his, his disciples, the apostles. He says, but they weren't recorded. But these were recorded that you might believe and have life. Believe and have life. Say that with me. Believe and have life. Believe and have life. Okay? So believing the scripture that we might have life. Is Jesus the Son of God? Now, before you answer too quickly, please look this way. I would love to have everyone's attention real quick. Look this way. Is Jesus the Son of God? Yes. Therefore, what Jesus says absolutely matters and is true. Can I get an amen? That means the implications are deep for every one of us. It's been said that Jesus is the answer for every problem or circumstance in your life and in mine. And that is absolutely true. What he says will solve every situation and circumstance that you or I face ever. It is contained because remember, John said, in the beginning was the Word. Psalm 40, verse 7 says, the volume of the book is written of me. So within the pages of this book is the answer to every single solitary situation, circumstance that you or I may face. Right? Come on, can I get an amen? That's a big deal. That's a big deal. John's going somewhere. And he's directing us in this. Because he wants us to have life. Right? How many of us would say there's some circumstances in my life 
that they're not full of life. In fact, if there are some things in your life that you would like to see changed, simply raise your hand. Join me in raising your hand. That's like everybody, right? Are we willing to believe what Jesus says or what the Word of God says and begin to employ that no matter the cost? I was talking with my wife and I said, hey, can I just... I feel like I need to break the sermon into three sermons because I want to focus on one. And the first one I want to focus on, guys, this indictment. He said these words. You do not have his word abiding in you. You don't have his word abiding in you. And I said, now think about that just for a minute, Kim. I said, soak in that for just a minute. You do not have his word abiding in you. I said, is there an area of your life where you'd say, that could be convicting? And she, without batting an eye, she said, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. She said, and I don't do very good at that. That would be the advice that the Word of God is giving when I have cares of this world or anxieties. Be anxious for nothing. Is there anybody in the house that never has anxiety? Raise your hand. Because we want to come to you with our stuff. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. And yet, we walk around with all kinds of anxiety. You do not have his word abiding in you. And it's that believing the word that's in I mean, for those who have actually begun to hide God's word in our heart, remember Psalm 119, verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart, or your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? That's what the psalmist said. That's what the word of God says. Psalm 119, so powerful, 176 verses that just talk about implantation of the word of God into our heart, the very core of who we are, and to believe the precepts and the statutes of the Lord. And yet, we don't take time to put the word in our hearts. Think about you. If I told you how many verses were contained in the scripture, and then asked how many of them you had memorized, hidden in your heart, it might be a little bit like, um, I don't know, I'm doing a very good job here. Can anybody else identify with that? I mean, yeah. So there's... Already there's transformative information for you and I. We could do something today to make a difference. We could begin to study the Word of God. Can I get an amen? In a greater measure than we already are. Tally up the number of hours that you've watched television this week and then look at how many hours you've spent just reading God's Word. Just reading God's Word. That's painful. Maybe it's not TV. Maybe it's something else. You've got to keep track of time. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> Hosea the prophet. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Some of you probably know this scripture. You might not have known its address. My people 
are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Right? My people are what? Destroyed. Not like struggling. Not like having a hard day. Not like difficult circumstances. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My Bible says that Christ is the wisdom of God. Wisdom is knowledge applied. If Christ is the wisdom of God and wisdom is knowledge applied, Christ is the knowledge of God. Right? And if I have a lack of Christ in me, then my circumstances are controlling me and destroying. Listen, the thief has come to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy. Who's reaping havoc in our lives? It's our adversary, the devil, who is roaming around, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And man, he's nipping and biting and chewing on some of our honeys. And it ought not be. So the indictment applies to you and to me. I've not hidden his word in my heart like I should. And for lack of knowledge, my circumstances are reaping havoc in my life. The remedy, right? New Testament, Paul's writing to the church of Colossae. And he says in 3.16, which, by the way, you can do a fun study through the New Testament and underline all the 3.16 verses. There's some good ones in there. Right, John Heil, good 3.16 verses in there. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to speak and move and through our lives on a daily basis. The material with which we provide for him to use is the word of God. He'll convict our hearts and our lives in relationship to the absolute truth. It's a measuring stick. It is our rule of faith and conduct. And so he'll use that as the thing that will help us in our guidance in our walk with the Lord, in our daily living. It's, it's, it's the scripture that will help point out like, by the way, Dave, you're not acting very loving right now. Perhaps you should consider others over yourself. Can I get an amen, Kim? <laughs> it's real. Yesterday, let me think how it went yesterday. So, something happened, and she was asking me a question, and I was making up cause of why something happened. I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember, you do. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> At the end, I'm like making up excuses why I didn't do it. And then finally I said, in a fumbling voice, I think actually what I'm trying to say is I'm sorry. <laughs> because it took three or four sentences coming out of my mouth in self-defense. 
before I realized I heard the voice of the Spirit of God say, own this. This is you over her. You want precedence. And I said, oh, Kim, I'm, I'm sorry. And she stopped at the refrigerator. She turned and she looked at me and she goes, okay. <laughs> and she's like, it's so fun raising a fourth child. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? God takes his word and he shines light on it and it reveals us to us. But if his word isn't in there, there's not a lot of material to work with. Does that make sense? I mean, he's got an unlimited resource, but it's harder for us to hear without the word in us, right? So here's the question. Have I or have you been diligent to hide his word in your heart. Right? Be diligent. Study thyself. A workman approved of God who need not be ashamed. If Jesus were here, right here, and I know he is, but I'm just I'm saying if he was physically right here, and we were all to come up to him and say, Jesus, are you abundantly satisfied with me? As your disciple, one hiding your word in my heart. What would Jesus' response be to you? Well, Dave. Fill in the blank. What about you? And everyone here would testify that we want to be well-pleasing to the Lord. Can I get an amen? I mean, we would like to be. I heard that in the front row. That was exciting. Thank you. This little one up here, she says, yes. <laughs> Out of the mouth of Dave, right? Come on. We want that. And we know that. This is why one of the indictments, and we're going to look at this one in the next two weeks, he says, you will not come to me to have life. We know what he'll say. But we don't believe him. Because if we did, we would come. Right? Just like if you had the if you had a cure for cancer, or you knew the cure of cancer, and you had cancer, you'd go get it. Right? It's kind of a no-brainer. Cast your cares. And yet, we walk around with baggage. If we took a survey of finances in the church, a survey of how your personal finances are, 
first of all, there's probably not very many people who'd say, I'd sign up for that survey. Right? Especially if it was public knowledge. Because we wouldn't want people to know our stuff. And maybe there's privacy and all those kinds of things. I get that. And I appreciate and I have a high respect for that. But I would suggest that perhaps it's because we're not happy with where we are. Because we know that we're not where we should be. Like debt and a litany of other things. And if that was if that was the problem in our lives, and we know that Jesus has the answer, why wouldn't we go to him and follow his instruction? If we believed, we would, right? Like tithing. It can change everything in your finances. Because it belongs to Him. But we hold it a lot. Because we've not positioned ourselves. Because we've not followed His instructions. Does, it, does that make sense? I mean, this is common stuff to you and me, right? I mean, everybody here deal with money? Anybody here not deal with money? Yeah, we all do, right? It's commerce. I pulled into Jack in the Box the other day. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> and it, it's important. So, hidden his word in our hearts. So today, today, we have space to repent. We have space. If you knew in your heart that Jesus would say, well, if it was just on this particular category, and I was going to give you a well done, thou good and faithful servant, or just done servant. And you know where you'd be in that spectrum. There's probably not a person here who couldn't say, I really probably could put some effort into getting God's word in my heart. Right? For the men here, and let me just say this to all the men. We've made it possible for all the men to be engaged in whatever age group you are to be engaged in men's Bible study on a weekly basis through the Right Now Media app, which is available to you as a gift from the church to you. You could sign up and receive that, and through our faith life, you can become part of that weekly Bible study and just begin. And there's multiple levels of engagement in that single Bible study that's going on throughout the week for the men. You can just do it. And gals, those availabilities will be coming your way as well. I mean, you can get right on right now every day and listen to a podcast or listen to a, a watch a video and just grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior while you're driving in your car. Boop, 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 boop. And just grow. Getting God's Word hidden. Does that make sense? There's going to be more opportunities to engage in life groups because we want folks to just connect with one another and digest the Word of God and so that we can talk with one another and when something's working in our lives and we're hurt, we're broken and there's tears, we have the opportunity to minister to one another and love on each other and build each other up. Does that make sense? That's family stuff. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And what a great opportunity for all of us just to engage midweek somewhere in the study of God's scripture. Okay. Well, I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and I'm going to invite our elders and deacons if they would come to the front. We're going to 
We're going we're to come to the altar this morning, and uh, rather than passing the trays like we always do, we're going to come up. Uh, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As people are coming, we're going to use the center aisles to come and uh, take the emblems. And then I'm just going to ask that you would maybe stay off to the side. Then once everybody has been served, we're just going to fill right back in here. And if, they, if you're not comfortable being up here, that's okay. You can make your way back to your seat. But here's what I, here's what I know. When I, when I come to the altar, and I'll be the first one standing at the altar, because I want, I want to hide more of his word in my heart. When I look at Jesus, and Jesus is quoting the scripture just like this. I mean, it's just rolling off. And we can't say, well, he could do that because he was God. Because while he was here, he was a fully man. He was fully God, understand, yes. But he set his God ability aside, reject, or denying that, if you will, and he was fully man. So he operated fully man. And he was hiding the word of God in his heart. And so he's demonstrating that you and I can do that too. And then I see Paul the Apostle. That's what he does. I mean, Paul the Apostle, he quotes obscure pieces of Scripture. I mean, just little itty bitty pieces. And I think, mercy. How did he have that memorized? I mean, it's like so deep in the book of Numbers or so deep somewhere else in Deuteronomy or Leviticus. I'm like, I don't have that memorized. I know I have work and I want to be like Jesus more. So I'm the first one standing here. And I know when we stand at the altar, it can be a significant moment for us where we signify change in our lives. And so as the worship team is playing and as our brothers are here to serve, I'm going to invite you to stand where you're at. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to invite you to come forward to uh, receive, hold the emblems. Don't, don't, don't take them when I say receive. We're just going to be receiving the emblems. And then we're going to stand off to the my right and my left, and we're just going to use these middle aisles and receive. And then if you want to make your way back to your seats, it's perfectly fine, and that's perfectly good. But if you, were, you say, I want to make this a deal, where I know there's change in my life in regards to this one thing, this one thing, the one theme today, getting God's Word hidden in our hearts. Say, hiding His Word in my heart with me. Hiding His Word in my heart. Hiding His Word in my heart. And if that's you and you want to make that, that it's a declaration, I'm going to stand, I'm going to receive communion up here. We'd invite after we've all got them in our hands, we'll make our way back to the altar front here. So I'm just going to release you to come on up and just, just make your way now forward and then off to the right and off to the left and then we'll come back together. Lord, I come I confess Bowing here I find
Hallelujah. You guys can start making your way back. We're just going to fill the front end. Let's just pack it in tight. We can push chairs back. Don't worry about any seats. They get broken down anyway. Just come on in. Pack it in tight from the sides. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on in tight, guys. Come on in. Do you have to squeeze in? How are you doing? No, I'll get you with Let's clean. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Cliffy, it's good to see you, man. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Mr. Ball. It's good. God is good. God is good. I said Ball. I meant you knew that. Praise the Lord. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, at the Last Supper, he took the bread, he broke the bread, and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So many times we've talked at Hillside about the significance of this bread. It's matzah bread. It is without leaven. Leaven in scripture stands for sin. Christ, the Messiah, was without sin. Amen. As difficult as this may be to hear, our lacking of taking Jesus at his word and hiding his word in our hearts. It's neglect. And neglect can fall right into sin category. Right? It's the things I neglect to obey that are sin in my life. Especially when I know what to do, right? And especially when you know what to do. That's, that's disobedience, right? And we need to crucify the disobedience in our lives. And that's why we're all standing here. We're saying, yes, I want to get more God's word in my heart. Simply because he says it's good for me. And I want to do it his way. And I want to learn and grow and walk in that obedience. And so, that without sin stuff, it's perforated and scored the holes. The prophet Zechariah said, they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. In so many ways, our lives have pierced the Lord in that it's because of our own sin and our own transgression also that he was on the cross. He died for the sins of the world, mine included. Right? And so I'm one who also caused that death. But the beauty of when his side was pierced, what came forth was blood and water. Those are birthing fluids. Those are birthing fluids. And what was birthed on that day was the church. That's you and me. That's you and me. Look around. Just look around at you. It's the body of Christ. It's who we are. And Jesus died to bring birth to the church. Praise God. And so we're reminded of these things. And so as we hold the bread and we're going to receive together in just a moment, let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the work and the promise of a Savior, our kinsman redeemer, the one who became man to be our kin so that he might be suitable to be our redeemer. And he redeemed us. We have been purchased at a price. He said, debt paid in full to tell us die. It is finished. And he gave his last breath and he gave up his spirit. 
and he died a substitutionary death. God, you demonstrated your love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God, you made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God, we can be righteous in Christ. And so, Lord, we confess our need, oh, and how we want to obey, how, how we want to hide your word in our hearts, that we might live a life that is honoring to you, that we wouldn't be in an indictment where you say, we look for the honor of men, not the honor of God. No, it would be said of the church, look, Lord, we're looking to honor you and to receive honor from you, that approval. We are well accepted in the beloved. And so, Lord, we know we have your approval. We know we have your justification. We know we're sons and daughters of God. But, Lord, we want to live a life of worship unto you, a life of worship. So help us to be transformed. May today mark a day where we say, yes, God, I heard your voice, and I'm saying, yes, I want more because I want to live my life sold out for you. I want to get your word in me. We ask it in Jesus' name. Let's partake of the bread together this morning. It was after supper that he took the cup. The cup after supper is the cup of redemption. We talk about that every month when we have communion. The cup of redemption. It all comes out of the book of Exodus. The four cups of the Seder meal, the Passover meal, comes out of Exodus. There are the four cups. It's the four I wills that God says. And that, that third statement, he says, I will redeem. I will redeem. And then the fourth one is, I will gather them in. Jesus, you know, he said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until we all partake in my Father's house. That's the in-gathering, and that's one that's coming. There was the cup after supper, the third cup, that he said, it is now, this is the new covenant in my shed blood. By partaking of the cup today, we are saying we are willing participants in the work that Jesus accomplished upon the cross, dying for our sins. We're saying, thank you, Jesus, for covering and atoning for my sin my personal transgression. And it's just a reminder to us, we're born again, we belong to him, we're his. And we belong to one another, we're family. Look at your neighbor right now and just say, hey, you're family, come on, that's good. We're family, that's so rich, that's so rich. Thanks be to God. So, let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you, Holy Spirit. We give you thanks. Your work in our hearts and in our lives. We're so thankful for the saving grace of God. Your love compelled you to give your only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life, to be born again. Lord, we're trusting in you and we're trusting in your work and we're saying yes to the Holy Spirit who's in us. We're saying yes to the word of God that has already been implanted in us. Even the seeds today, we're saying yes because the other side of that, your word is not hidden in, in or my word does not abide in you, is that God, we want that word abiding in us. It would be abiding in us. And so that's what we're saying yes to. Lord, may your word abide. I pray for every person here that as they read the word of God, as they study the Word of God, as they memorize the Word of God, as they meditate on the Word of God, as they obey the Word of God, that it would just be like reading once and it would stick. It'd just stick. It'd be like sticky words to our soul. The flypaper of soul. <laughs> 
the word would just resonate there. And so God, may your word resonate in our hearts and in our souls for your glory. We give you thanks for salvation. What an awesome God you are. And we say, yes, we are the body of Christ. Let's partake in the cup together this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Mike, will you just lead us in that chorus? Let's just stay at the altar here. And let's sing through this chorus once more, Lord, I need you. And then uh, I'll have a closing word, and that'll be our benediction. And we'll go from this place. Thank
never seen a white person before. I know where you are. Oh, I was all on the floor. So, what are you doing? Get in the car, okay? We're getting in the car.
literally the whole night I was just like sitting on like before you guys came, I was literally sitting on the couch for like 30 minutes. Like I didn't talk to like any guys really. And Jason's cousins were there. And then I was like, but well, that's super cool. You guys like have Jason in the back. Like I can tell. That's nice. And, like I'm friends with them. And then so after I pick up, I text them.